0: Hello there, listeners. Well, it's that time again. It's time for my next podcast of the Christian Patriot Hour. And last month, I'll admit, I was a little behind my time in getting it underway. So then, here we are at the end of another year. Thanksgiving Day 2023 is now but a memory. A good memory, I say. And to some people, it is their favorite holiday of the year, because it's the only holiday where marketing hasn't been able to do much about it other than offer Black Friday sales. And why would the marketeers choose the word black to promote such a happy shopping time of the year? Sounds kind of dark and sinister to me, but I guess I'm getting old. Anyway, I hope that as you sat down uh, Thanksgiving Day to a fine meal with family and friends, that you took a moment or two to reflect on why it is you should be thankful even before you prayed to give God thanks for what it is you see as his blessings. Which brings us to the matter of prayer again. And I always like to say a little something about that, because without prayer we simply have no faith in action. We, quite frankly, have no joyful relationship with the living God much at all. The Father in heaven wants you to pray, and we pray to him through God the Son, the risen Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. For Christ is our intercessor, whom has sent the Holy Spirit into our lives to make real the faith we have in our Lord and Savior. You'll hear me often say prayer is one of the highest priorities of our Savior. Where all through the Gospels. He handily shows us the way to God through the power of prayer. And if you pray believing, then that is faith, expressing your trust in that God will always do exactly what is best for you. Therefore, that being said, it's time to get on to the heart of the matter in what I'm going to say in this December podcast. And I'm going to be talking much about Advent. Of course, why wouldn't I? For after all, it is the season of expectancy, looking for that grand and glorious appearing of our blessed Lord coming in the air. We will be looking back through the seasons of time over the course of several thousand years when wise men search the stars looking for the prophecy to be fulfilled, whereas Almighty God would finally send forth his Messiah to be born the Savior of the world. Thus, as always, I will remind those listening, the fundamental reason for this podcast to exist is to bring glory unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly, to encourage those who are downtrodden in their spirit, who are ill and seeking healing, and, who are, and those who are lost and wish to be found. Enter in the reason why Jesus Christ came anyway. Remember, he did not come to call those who thought they were righteous enough in their own strength. He came to seek those who knew they needed a Savior to save them from their sin and trouble. That's the long and short of it. And Jesus is our Emmanuel, and I will tell you a little bit about that right shortly. Remember, I always say, Jesus Christ is our life and resurrection, our hope for all the ages. Without further ado, let's enter together into the waters of greater perception once more. Merry Christmas my dear friends. I say sometimes I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that expression in my life, but then again I really don't need the dollar after all. Not for all the Merry Christmases which have been offered to me, expressed in gratitudes of kindness from someone else's heart over the years. It has made me a much richer man than any monetary gain could ever provide. And I'm sorry, but I don't get the people on the left today, and there's quite a few of them these days who seem to become a little offended at the word Christmas. Now I call that a psychological problem. Why should anyone be offended over a traditional holiday that has been called Christmas for generations of time? Unless you're offended not by the day, but by the person the day represents. In other words, They're particularly offended with the name of Jesus Christ himself. The word Christmas is derived from the word Christ and the word Mass, which represents the celebration of the Eucharist since Christ first broke bread with his disciples before his crucifixion, embodies within it the thought of the celebration of the birth of Christ, Jesus being born a man, coming into the world as a great light into a darkened world, with God sending forth his Son to call mankind unto repentance finding forgiveness and salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel message, and the gospel truth, as they say. But unfortunately, we live in a day when the world is becoming very cold toward the things of God, which brings up an interesting thought about those folks, we say, who are on the left in their thinking, against those who are diametrically opposed to their ideals, Those, I dare say, Christians and conservatives who sit at the right-hand perspective of things. I'm not being facetious either. I'm being truthful. I mean this idea of being on the left or the right is a biblical concept rather, and it is not necessarily new in any way. Of course, much of what is associated with either side of the fence you're on is mainly politically or socially driven, which brings us to the idea of motivation. In what people say usually is coming from their heart in what they believe or perceive what is right for them. So then let's take a look at a Bible passage that lends itself well to this curious notion we are engaging in regarding those who find themselves on the left and those who steadfastly remain committed to right principles. Now we have to take a step into destiny and picture a future time when at the end of this age Christ has returned to the earth to set up his earthly kingdom, and Christians have been praying that prayer since the Lord himself instituted it in the Lord's Prayer, when we hear the words, Thy kingdom come. Now when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto to them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew, 25th chapter, verses 31 through 34. Then later on in this text, we see the fate of those on the left. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, But Lord... When saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he say to them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Matthew 25, verses 41 through 46. So there you have it, folks, in a little nutshell. And I'm not trying to stir up anything between the left and the right. They do well enough on their own to keep things stirred up. I only want to tell you what Jesus says, because the Lord tells me we're all going to be held accountable if we didn't tell folks about the cross and God's free offer of salvation to anyone who is willing to seek the Lord. That about does it for this point. I'm going to take about one minute to breathe and let's move on to point two. There's much yet to say. I'm going to reiterate one more thing something Jesus said that I think is just about one of the most beautiful thoughts our Lord ever uttered saying I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine as the father knoweth me even so know I the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have which are not of this fold Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down for myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my Father. John, the 10th chapter, verses 14 through 18. Jesus is the good shepherd, and still only he is truly good. And yet we who believe are his sheep and are called by his name. And you know, sheep are kind of dumb critters, and they're awfully dependent on the shepherd. Kind of like people, I think. Of course, we like to think we're pretty smart until we get ourselves in a pickle, and then we find out to our chagrin we didn't know everything after all. Goats, on the other hand, are strong-willed, stubborn, and not taken too well to being told what to do. So I hope you're starting to get the picture about what's left and what's right. And I don't know about you, but I want to be as a sheep and be counted on the Lord's right hand. That being said, let's move on to Christmas. And in many church circles, beginning with the Catholic Church way back when, it is called the Wonderful Season of Advent, simply meaning coming And you can trace the celebration of Christmas back to the first candlelight vigils in Rome around the time of Constantine of course Christmas trees weren't yet invented now for the sake of commentary Advent in the Christmas celebrations means the coming of the Lord The first advent observes the birth of Christ beginning in the stable in Bethlehem Christ born of the Virgin and the shepherds and the angels paying him homage in the stillness of the solemn night. The wise men came later, for they saw his star rising in the sky, and traveled a long journey to pay him homage, for indeed they believed the old prophecy true, whereas the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Yet we must consider a second advent, an event that will at last fulfill every Bible promise of his second coming to this earth, a time when Christ will rule and reign as Lord of lords and King of kings over all the nations. That will be known as the millennial period, which will commence following the time of great tribulation. At Advent, we always hear the word Emmanuel being spoken in worship services. It is another name of God amongst the Lord's many names, which have many meanings, a name which literally means God is with us. Indeed, this is true, for Christ dwells within the heart of every true Christian believer who is born of the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. So herein is how the Christmas story begins. That is, according to Dr. Luke, a Gospel writer of old, extraordinaire. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee, named Nazareth, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And, behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give him unto the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Luke, the first chapter, 26 through 33. The message of Christmas is still the same as it always has been, even since the first advent. And yet trouble is, too, what has always been the problem with people, choosing themselves to believe or not to believe in this remarkable story of God's grace and redemption. When I was a small boy, I didn't know much about the Bible at all. But I did know about God, for my mother told me the old story. Over and over she would share what she knew about the Lord and His glory. And she regularly took me to church and planted the seeds of hope in my heart. And and she nurtured those seeds and watered them, and pretty soon the Lord took root in my own heart. And she told me never to forget that God is good and holy. And yet He loves us so enough, in spite of everything we do wrong, to come down here from heaven himself to be born a man a human being like us so that we could relate to this living God who is our Creator and also our Savior now I don't know of any other God or religion that can make that claim and when you top it off with the cross and the sacrifice of Christ for us to render our sin null and void and then you consider the resurrection that in his own likeness, we who believe and are born to eternal life by the power of the Holy Spirit shall also one day be resurrected to eternal life, to dwell with Christ in his kingdom forever and ever. So then, we've forgotten about a lot of good things in America, things that matter much more than the temporal things we think that matter. Matters like you'll never find lasting happiness in this life without knowing Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. Now that's the truth, but the world isn't going to tell you. They're going to continue to lead you down a confusing road of doubt, self-centered ideals, and empty promises, which in the end lead to utter hopelessness, and you'll find fulfillment in nothing inevitably. No, they won't tell you the truth, but with the help of God, I will. Now then, on to the final point. And here we go, wrapping things up neatly as a pin. Let's finish with a little story I remember. Everybody likes a story, I think. At least they used to. Whereas, I want to share a little bit about Christmas time with you. Memories about my family when I was a little boy. We lived very near Cleveland, Ohio at that time, in good old Garfield Heights, a town which was once part of Independence Township, you know. And if you don't know, well, this part of Northeast Ohio was once part of land held by the Connecticut Land Company. And one day, the folks there in Connecticut came and mapped the land and designated townships here so as people could come and settle this beautiful land of Ohio where the Cuyahoga River flowed pure and free in those days. My father's folks helped settle this land they call the Western Reserve. It was back yonder in 1842 where my great-great-grandfather Henry came over from Germany. He took himself a bride, helped settle these parts, and was instrumental in establishing the first Lutheran church in the area, Right on the corner of his very own farm, all my people on my dad's side of the family thereafter were born there. And so was I, 112 years later, on the very same land that was originally once part of of my old grandfather's farm. Can't tell you everything I'd like to tell you here. You can read all about it in my book, Americans We Were, though. But I can tell you how the first Christmas tree in an American church came to be. And it happened right down the road from where I once called home. If you don't believe me, then you can look for yourself how the Reverend Henry Schwann, who pastored the Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church in Cleveland, then became the first church in America to display a Christmas tree in its sanctuary. And my family attended that church before they helped establish their own church, just as I told you a moment ago. And so you see... Christmas times means an awful lot to me, because it was always a tradition in the Weber family to gather round that tree while my grandfather and my father sang "O Tannenbaum" in German. It wasn't the Christmas tree itself we adored, but the Christ Child who came in the Advent season, who once hung on a tree so that we could come to know the Lord as our own, and so the lighted Christmas tree reflects the glory of the Lord. I'd like you to think about that this Christmas season. Well, that about finishes things up for this podcast. I hope your Christmas is merry. And my prayer is that you will remember what Christmas is really all about, the coming of the Lord. Jesus came to save us from our sin, and he is coming again, and very soon, I think, to bring us home to live with him forever in his kingdom on earth. Remember, the cross is our victory, and Christ is our victor whereas no man, no evil power on this earth or under heaven can stand against the Lord and prevail. Look for my book, Americans We Were. You can find it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. I am Henry Thomas Weber. Thank you and goodbye.